Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome in again, hopefully again. I am Andrew Britton, host, Red, White, and True podcast. This is BTW Shorts. BT-dubs. Yep, BT-dubs, you know it. This is the October 6th, 2022 version of BT-dubs, or BTW Shorts, the short version of the podcast, and I'd like to welcome everybody in. I'd like to uh, get into a couple of things today. I'd like to hit a couple of midterm slash recent news issues and then get into the primary topic of the the short version of the podcast today, which is going to be relative to our educational system. You're a huge embarrassing failure. Well, not to uh, bury the lead or give away the ending, but yeah, that's absolutely true. And that's taking into consideration that in metropolitan areas around this country, uh, educational funding for public schools usually averages around somewhere around the $30,000 per student a year. And the absolute failure and lack of progress and lack of results that we're seeing from those schools is really alarming and it's getting worse. But that's not what I'm going to get into immediately here. And I've got a couple of stories, a couple of short things I want to get into. But before I get into those things, I want to preface this by saying that I don't consider myself Pretty clearly, I don't consider myself a Democrat as they have moved further and further towards the socialism side, but I also do not consider myself a Republican or an independent. I consider myself a common sensist. And unfortunately, we see and hear a lot of policy right now that doesn't particularly make a lot of common sense. And we can see the results from these policies and we can see that they're failing us. But having said that, I want to remind everybody of a clip that I hold dear to me, that I really hold true to my heart, that I genuinely believe about America. And I've played this for you, and I'm going to play it again. But this is Bill Clinton basically narrating my feelings about America and our ability to solve issues. Our democracy must be not only the envy of the world, but the engine of our own renewal. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. Like I've said before, I genuinely believe that. But coming off the back of that, I'd like to talk about something that does need to be cured in America. Something that is causing tremendous pain for all Americans of every socioeconomic background, every ethnicity, and every person of the United States of America, including businesses. And that is the fantastic, the amazing, and completely progressive energy policy that is the Biden administration's green energy religion. We choose truth over facts. And I want to give you some statistics for some things that are destroying us. Understand that if they simply changed their energy policy back to what the previous administration had, we would solve much of what inflation is right now. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. Now, obviously, we can't make up for the irresponsible spending and those things, but we could probably almost immediately, within a few months or so, remove about half of the inflation number. So here's some statistics for the Biden administration and what their policy is and has been from day one since they canceled the Keystone XL pipeline on day one of the Biden administration. The Biden administration has approved just over 200 
5,000 acres of leased drilling land. Understand that this is the lowest number from a presidential administration in over 70 years when the previous low was 4.4 million leased acres for drilling. That's crazy, Tom. Now understand, they tell you, oh, well, we're leasing this to the energy companies and, and they're just greedy and they're not doing anything with these leases and they... They're the ones that are driving the cost up. False. It was Putin who drove the cost up. False. Then it was the energy companies. That is fact check false. And then it was Putin again. False. And then they decided that, oh, wow, this energy policy isn't very expedient for our political ideology here or our political futures, so we better do something about it. But understand this. Even though they lease those acres of federal land to energy companies. Energy companies are not going to invest the amount of money that it takes to drill if they're being told by the administration that the administration wants to put them out of business. Apparently, the administration doesn't understand that green energy technology cannot and will not provide us the energy that is necessary to sustain our society. Please give me money. It cannot and will not happen. Also understanding that those green energy products and systems, they require petroleum products. In fact, in an electric car, about 90% of the electric car is built out of petroleum products. True. Okay? So when the Biden administration tells you, oh, we're leasing out all these lands. See, we're still leasing out lands. They have made it nearly impossible to permit to get permits to drill on those lands. So yeah, they'll lease them out to you, but they won't permit you to actually do any work on them. And the energy companies aren't going to invest in those lands or in those drilling permits or leases because they don't want to invest in a project that could take five to 10 years that the administration is telling them and has told them from the very beginning that they want to put them out of business. Understand if you owned a business, would you make that investment of millions of dollars to do the research, to find the oil, to drill for it, to get it out of the ground. But instead of allowing American energy to prosper, to give us clean energy to burn, some of the cleanest energy on the face of the planet extracted from the ground cleaner than anywhere else in the world. They would rather go to places like Venezuela, Iran, OPEC, Saudi Arabia, and all of these places that do this much, much dirtier than we do. Don't be stupid. Now, I thought the whole premise here was to save Mother Earth, right? We want to eliminate pollution. We have to reduce CO emissions. Well, if all those other countries extract energy from the ground much dirtier than we are, global warming or climate change or whatever the hell they're calling it today isn't specific. There's no wall around the United States that separates us from global warming the way that they are acting like it does. Global warming is a global issue, okay? Just because it's drilled in Venezuela doesn't mean it won't affect the United States, or Iran doesn't mean it won't affect the United States, or Russia, or Saudi Arabia. It's all the same earth, so it will pollute the earth the same way, okay? But if we do it here, it's a lot cleaner. 
and we can get a lot more efficient, a lot more effective energy, and we can actually make money off of it. Look at Europe's situation. Could you imagine the amount of money that we could make from energy right now if we could bail out our European friends from the current energy situation that they're in? But our administration refuses to do so. They would rather call Venezuela, try to use the Venezuelan government by calling them a communist regime in which immigrants have to, f have to flee here from there. They have to flee this terrible communist regime so that they can come here. And this is why, one of the reasons why illegal immigration is, is so important. We have to allow this to happen because of that reason. Well, that is a bunch of crap because one, a tiny percentage of our people coming from communist or socialist fascist regimes in which they're seeking asylum. But I don't want to get too far off topic here because days after the Biden administration said that, they then found out OPEC was going to reduce their production levels. So now they have to find production that they can get elsewhere. Well, this isn't working out very well for them because now they have to contradict the statement that they made in regards to immigration about Venezuela and now go to Venezuela and say, hey, you know, you guys aren't so bad. We'll reduce some of the sanctions and stuff against you if you could just let Chevron come in there and start drilling some more oil. Come again. Could somebody explain to me why in the hell we are going and begging to some of the worst people on the face of the planet for energy, energy that we have here? I mean, it's an absolute joke. And one of the things that is almost criminal that this administration has done is what they have done with our strategic petroleum reserves. Do you have a soul? The Biden administration saw gas prices spike in the summertime to $5 a gallon or higher. They understood that politically, this was a giant, giant problem for them. This was huge. They were not going to be able to sustain this. Nobody was going to vote for them because no matter what they said leading into the midterms, they could have told you that they were going to give everybody winning lottery tickets and all anybody would have heard was, yeah, gas is $5 a gallon. They understood this. So in order to try to appease their green energy cult and keep gas prices down so it would be politically expedient for them, they decided to tap the strategic petroleum reserves, which understand those reserves were filled with gas that was much, much cheaper than it is right now. And it's our gas. It's paid for with taxpayer dollars. That is our strategic petroleum reserves in the event that we get into a war or we have a natural disaster that disrupts the supply chain of the oil industry. Okay? We did not have any of those situations, but the Biden administration has artificially reduced the cost of gas by dumping oil from our strategic petroleum reserves onto the market, okay? Selling our strategic petroleum reserves to countries like China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, OPEC nations, and many others that would be considered our enemies. You should be ashamed of yourself. They are dumping our strategic petroleum reserves paid for with our taxpayer dollars into the global oil market to artificially reduce costs up to the midterm so that they don't piss American voters off so bad that nobody votes for them. But like so many other things that they've done, they did some bad math because they came up a bit short. So a couple days ago, they told us, oh, no, no, we put that 
strategic petroleum reserves policy into place. That was for a set amount of days, and that's done now. We're not doing that anymore. And then when they see gas prices starting to spike, and OPEC comes out and says they're going to reduce their energy production, two days later, we get Corinne Jean-Pierre, the French woman, standing up at the podium at the White House saying, well, no, we didn't say that. We're actually going to release another 10 million barrels of oil. Can't you stop lying? To reduce the strategic petroleum reserves even further, knowing and understanding that the strategic petroleum reserves are at a 40-year low. Since Jimmy Carter, this administration seems to be having a lot of similarities to the Carter administration. True. Okay, but I digress here. But understand, and I want you to know, that they did this to us. They have done this to us because gas prices are going to spike back to where they were because of their failed energy policies. And they have dumped out our strategic petroleum reserves for political purposes. You make me sick. They did it to try to scam you back out of your vote. Of course. So that they could artificially reduce gas prices leading up to the midterm. They didn't do good math, so they came short of the midterms. Now they have to release more to try to keep gas prices low before the midterms so that they can try to maintain your vote. Does anybody see a problem with this? I mean, honestly, it's damn near, uh, it should be damn near illegal. They took taxpayer oil for an emergency and dumped it on the market to try and keep gas prices low to try to keep your vote. And that's a joke. What an idiot. Well, that went a bit longer than I wanted it to, but I just wanted to drive home the point that if we have some type of disruption in the oil supply chain, we are in big, big trouble and we can see gas prices go to places that we never imagined. And I think it's important that we know and understand that. But moving on to the next segment here, I've got a small segment that I want to call BTW Shorts Rail of the Day, okay? And this is going to be a segment where we pick a specific topic or we pick a specific person in which we just rail on. And so it's going to sound like this. Now smile, you look terrified. Runaway train going off the track. Who's he going to rail on to watch your back? And for the initial segment of Rail of the Day, I found it only fitting to have that person be John Fetterman. Look, I don't typically take things personally when I look at politicians, but this guy is a bum. He is a bum. He is a fraud and he is a liar. Okay? Don't listen to all the nonsense he's trying to tell you now that we need to fund police and we need to make sure that we have affordable energy prices for people, and crime is low. Okay, here's what John Fetterman believes. He believes in cashless bail. He is self-proclaimed left of Bernie Sanders, which makes him a devout socialist. He is right along the lines of George Soros. He believes in wide-open borders. He believes that you should be able to legalize all drugs and create open drug dens in Pennsylvania, where people can openly shoot up and do drugs, okay? His only experience prior to being the lieutenant governor governor of Pennsylvania is that he was the mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania. He will tell you that he reduced crime and then he did all these amazing things there. The reality is, is that crime spiked when he was there, okay? He also never showed up to city council meetings almost never. This trend continues once he becomes governor, lieutenant governor 
of Pennsylvania. If you check his schedule since he's been lieutenant governor, about 33% of the days he has nothing on his schedule. The rest of those days, he has about four hours, two to four hours of work, scheduled meetings and different things that he's doing. This man doesn't want to work, and that's because he is a trust fund kid to the highest degree. He has never had a real job. He has been supported and had his parents pay his way for his entire life. They paid for his degree from Harvard, okay? They pay him tens of thousands of dollars a year in which he does not pay taxes on. And he did not ever have a job until he became the mayor of Braddock. When he left Braddock, Braddock, people couldn't get out of Braddock fast enough. They had the smallest population ever recorded in the city's history by the time John Fetterman left. This is a man who heard bottle rockets going off behind a convenience store that some kids were playing with. He assumed it was AR-15 fire, which if the town that you're mayor of is so safe and you've crushed crime to such a degree, why would you assume that it's AR-15 fire? But needless to say, he runs out of his house with a 20-gauge shotgun. He sees a black man jogging down the street. He chases this black man down, who's in clearly jogging attire, holds him at gunpoint, until the police get there, okay? If a Republican or a conservative candidate did that exact same thing, do you think the media would cover that story? Yeah, I think they would, and they have not covered that story at all. But here's another thing that he does. He, for whatever reason, holds some vendetta or some grudge against this black-owned business in Braddock, okay? He decides that he knows they have cameras, so he is going to go vandalize that business on camera to send a message. And when the police show up and when the the city, the news reporters show up, he proceeds to tell them, well, I was pretty sure I knew what I was doing was a crime, but I still think that I did the right thing. So yet again, he falls in line with one of these people that think that they are above the law. He also doesn't pay taxes, hasn't paid taxes 67 times. Okay. But yet He doesn't believe in school choice either, and he sends his kids to private school, which I'm almost positive I know who's paying for that, mommy and daddy, and doesn't want to pay taxes to support the local school systems in his district that he should be paying taxes in to support those school systems. This man is a joke. He is a fraud, and he has no business being one of 100 United States senators. I don't even know how this man got through the primary other than the far left Democrats and George Soros pushed this man through because they know that he will be a rubber stamp for any socialist agenda that they have. He wants to destroy fracking, an $81 billion industry in the state of Pennsylvania. Think about how many jobs that would lose. So anybody from Pennsylvania, please look up any of this stuff that I'm saying because it's all true. This is the man that is running to be your senator. I'm not saying Dr. Oz is a perfect candidate, but he is at least a sane, reasonable, common sense candidate as compared to this guy. But I will finish this railing by saying this. I know that John Fetterman has had a stroke. I wish him nothing but the speediest recovery and the best of health, even though he's a bum. He's a lying, fake bum. He's never worked a real job in his life, 
ever. Never had a real job. And he is a bum. He tries to portray himself as a tattooed working class man. He is not that. He is a socialist liar. In a purple state like Pennsylvania, I cannot imagine. I can't believe this guy's even close in the polls. Either the polls are insane or something else is going on because there is no way this man is representative of the primary majority of people of Pennsylvania. You think crime is bad in Philadelphia now? Allow this guy to get in as Senate, especially if the left takes the majority, and see how much better crime starts getting in these cities. It's going to be a crap show. But I do wish him the best of health. But, John Fetterman, you just got put on blast as the first BTW Shorts railing. Oh my God. Well, I'm sorry, guys, but he deserved it. I mean, how in the hell is that guy a candidate for the United States Senate? That's a mystery. It is a mystery to me, guys. I I completely don't get it. But I got to tell you, another thing that I am hugely concerned about is the educational system and the work ethic in this country. And I found this story, and it absolutely blew my mind, of this NYU professor that got fired because his class was too hard. And then I found this Chris Cuomo clip that lays the story out, and then he kind of goes in on what he feels are the issues with not the educational system, but the work ethic of America and what the future work ethic is of America and the values that we're teaching our children as far as working hard and not just everybody finishing in ninth place and getting a participation trophy. So listen to this clip and I've got some statistics and some comments for after it. But this is Chris Cuomo, who I would say he and I don't probably agree with a whole lot. At least we didn't used to. But here he is making some very sound, sound arguments. Chris Cuomo, he is tackling some hard topics like the deterioration of higher education after an organic chemistry professor at NYU was fired when students complained that his class was too hard. A group of students signed a petition against Maitland Jones saying his high standards caused their bad test scores. Chris now asks if the USA is lowering standards just to make life easier. Often, when something doesn't make sense, That's because it's about something different than it appears. And this is exactly that case. It's about the dumbing down of standards. This is everyone gets a trophy taken to an exponential level. If it's hard, make it easier. Can't get a good grade? Make the grading easier. This is organic chemistry, okay? You want to be a doctor or a scientist? You need to master this. That's why it's hard. And it's always been a course that separates those who do and don't have the right stuff. Look where we are in STEM. That's the acronym for science, technology, engineering, and math, also known as all the fields that are dominating the new economy, okay? In a study of 35 developed countries, Pew Research showed U.S. students ranked 30th in math and 19th in science. We're the greatest country in the world unless we don't endeavor to be great. And while the number of U.S. jobs in STEM are growing, which it must, right, because they're the, sh- the ones that the economy demands, only 11% of Americans have that degree. we got to push ourselves to be our best. We cannot make it easier for ourselves to pretend we're doing well when we're not, because the rest of the world's not doing that. We're dumbing ourselves down. Now, I have a kid in college. It's hard. And she's been talking to me about how much work there is. You know what we never discussed? That it was the teacher's fault. 
Okay? We've got to teach our kids to be responsible for themselves, to work as hard as they can, and not find excuses in the absence of results. It's called life. All you control is your effort, not the outcome. And if you let these kids change the standard of what their grading is, what are you really teaching them? Tell them like it is. Chris Cuomo in that clip could not be any more spot on. It is imperative that we teach our children to be competitive, to know what it feels like to win. Because let's be honest, that's what America loves. That's what America is about. It's about winners and great stories. People who rose from nothing, from the bottom, that rose to the top. And understand this, coming out of World War II, we didn't become the world's foremost superpower simply because of our military. It was also because of our industrial might and also because of our innovation. And that was that was true up until very recently. And I think COVID has played a role in this. And it's been hard for kids to understand how to come back out of that and how to get back to a place of dedicating themselves and working hard on something and digging in and grinding something out. But the things that you want the most, the things that give you the most success, they are not easy things to achieve. And our children must understand this. We must carry this on from generation to generation if we want America to continue to be the world's most superpower, to continue to be America. But I also think that it's important that we that we genuinely understand that the world is going to run us by if we do not instill these values in our children. It is so important that our kids understand that they work for something that is greater than themselves, whether it's a goal or God or a relationship or whatever it may be. Having something that is bigger than yourself, being a part of a team, which is one of the things that's so fantastic about sports. These things are so imperative to who we are as Americans. For decades, Europe has has laughed at us because of our five-day work weeks and our 40-hour standard work weeks and the lack of vacations that we take and the way that we commit ourselves to our jobs. This is something that Europe has, has laughed at us about because of our dedication and commitment to getting into our jobs and grinding it out every day working hard and being proud of that. And if that falls away, we are in big, big trouble and we are at serious risk of not being the America that we have all come to know and love. But guys, I'd like to thank you very much for listening. Again, I ran longer than I wanted to. Please check us out on our Facebook page, Red, White, and True Redefining Progress. You can find us on our website at rwtrue.com. And I am your host, Andrew Britton, Red, White, and True podcast, BTW Shorts, BT Dubs. And guys, have a conversation with your friends about this stuff. Have a conversation with your families. Talk to each other about this stuff. Talk to people who don't necessarily agree with you, as long as it's a reasonable conversation. And also, reminding you to always seek the truth. Always seek the facts. And always remember, the road to progress is paved in facts. Boom. I love America!